Welcome to the Bob Siegel Show podcast on the Cross Global Media Radio Network. Visit cgmradio.com slash bob to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. I wanted to talk about our brand new Speaker of the House. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Johnson is our Speaker of the House. I'm just finally. glad they finally got somebody. I'd have settled for Bart Simpson I'm, after a while. But I'm not surprised. It seems like, I think this is like Matt Gates' best friend inside the House of Representatives. Because every single point I've looked up this guy's background, it's just Matt Gates, but in a different Well, now, I, I understand, though, that he's not part of the conservative caucus. He's been accused of that by the Democrats, and they're calling him a mega supporter. It sounds like... He's more moderate than they're letting on. And I don't like the moderate no. Republicans, but that's what I understood, that he's a little more moderate than the Democrats are trying that's to portray That's interesting, because everywhere I've been looking up him, this is the picture perfect of conservatism. Like, for me, before him, it would have been Mike Pence, but then Mike Pence did that horrible, horrible thing on January. He said, oh, I, I can't do anything about this election. There's nothing wrong here. I, 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 I'm only vice president. I can only... No, you could have done something, but that's another story in its time. So I would have viewed him as, like, the face of conservatism. This guy here here, when I look at his background, I thought for sure he would have been, oh, this is the perfect picture. Well, I was very impressed with him when I saw him interviewed. Yes. I was impressed with what I heard. I hadn't really heard much about this but, guy before. To be fair, everything in his interview, every single time is, oh, I just follow what the Bible says, over and over. I swear, it's not, it always goes back to him in the Bible. Well, again. even the moderate and, Republicans will say the right things, though, but if, yeah. if it's not, I think it's called the conservative, oh, not conservative, the Freedom Caucus is what it's called. I was okay, surprised yeah. to hear that he wasn't part of that. I I guess I, and I wondered why that. that was, but anyway, well, that's let's, let's go we got to give him a chance whether he was part of the Freedom Caucus right, right. or not. So he was sworn in on October 25th. He has only served in Congress for six years and 10 months, which is the shortest tenure of any that's House member. That's a plus these days, the right? less the poison of Washington has infected him. <laughs> and he is the shortest tenure of any House member to be elected speakers in 140 years, which is 1883. And the last guy to do that was also from Louisiana, surprisingly enough. John G. Carlisle was his name. And he he actually holds the record for the shortest tenure in Congress history to be elected as Speaker of the House. I don't know if you want to call it a coincidence, but that's kind of an interesting fact to say the least. So let's take a look at his background because there's two major points, maybe two and a half. I completely disagree with the guy, but otherwise I think he follows through on everything. I'm going to be really curious to hear the one that's the half, but go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for number one, he proposed the Marriage and Concise Conscience Act, I believe it's called, which prevented the state from engaging in adverse treatment of any person or entity based upon their beliefs about marriage. Many critics were there to quickly denounce saying that the bill is an attempt to protect people who discriminate against same-sex marriage. Personally, let me just say this. This is a freedom of speech bill, okay? This relates to the call Yeah, they're protecting people that may have a different opinion about same-sex marriage and they want to be free to express it. Maybe apples and oranges here, but related to the Colorado situation where he didn't want to help out that gay couple in making a cake. Yes, because he was an artist in the way he put icing on the cake and the message on the cake and he should be allowed to put his message on there, some, and, not somebody else's. And specifically, it's his business there. He should run it how he should want to. Exactly. And if gay couples don't want to support it anymore, fine. And if He's a got- Ku Klux Klan member went into a bakery and said, we want you to prepare something for a KKK wedding and we want a picture glorifying the KKK, and that guy said he wasn't going to do it, what judge in the land would come down on right. him? That's ridiculous. Right, right. So in my opinion, people like Republican, Baton Rouge, Metro Councilman John Delgado saying that Johnson for making this a bill is a despicable bigot of the highest order. But you're agreeing with Johnson for making this Yeah, no, I'm bill. agreeing. Right, no, right, no, right. I'm saying people like him or other business 
businesses like IBM was one of those who publicly denounced this bill too. They said that concerns about hiring difficulties would likely produce from this situation. I disagree with them entirely. This is just here to protect people who have different opinions on things that most people in society And it depends on how you're looking at with the hiring. If somebody wanted to say, I don't hire gay people, period, that's wrong. Right. If he said, okay, you're hired to sell computers or build computers, but I don't want some political agenda as a part of my company. Right. He has every right to say that. Right. I think every business has to fall through on EEO, which is equal employment opportunities. Everyone is the exact same in the same pool. Yeah. Like Anheuser is learning the hard way. Their beer doesn't have to be about some social statement. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So moving on, I want to bring up the 2020 election because there's one point here. This is the half point that I'm kind of interested in. He's obviously been a major supporter of Trump throughout his political career. He's continuously pushed him and said- And Trump has been backing him too. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. For example, with the 2020 election early November 2020, after many pollsters and media outlets called the 2020 presidential election in favor of Joe Biden over Donald Trump, Johnson said that he spoke to Trump twice, recounting that he urged Trump to exhaust every available legal remedy to restore Americans' trust in the fairness of our election system. Which the Democrats do every single time <laughs> right. they lose an election. Right. And that he was heartened by Trump's intention to ensure that all instances of fraud and illegality are investigated and prosecuted. Which they have not been, but I don't blame them for trying. No, no, but these are supportive words. I'm glad to hear some of these things. Johnson also said that, you know the allegations about these voting machines, some of them being rigged with this software by Dominion. There's a lot of merit to that. And when the president says the election was rigged, that's what he's talking about. The fix was in a software system that is used in all around the country that is suspect because it came from Hugo Chavez's Venezuela, which we talked about plenty of times. I mean, Mike Friedenberg has talked about this in detail in past podcasts or radio yeah, shows. And nobody has a problem admitting it when it's going on in Venezuela. It's only when it gets closer to home and it's right. well, about we, their guy. We are the most powerful country in the world. And for this to happen for in another our five country, minutes with our current president. Right. right. Yes, that's true. But what was interesting is that he, in October 2022, Johnson then said he never supported claims that there was massive fraud in the 2020 election. That's where my half point is. Like, I, Oh, okay. I could, so if he's trying to backpedal on some things he actually said, that's not good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's where I'm kind of Well, I'm with, I'm with you on that. If he's trying to backpedal. And of course, it just depends on how they want to parse the words. I think one thing that's undeniable, even if you had different opinions about the Dominion machines, mm-hmm. is the different states that unconstitutionally changed their election law without going through the constitutional procedure. That, we know, was making things ripe for absolute fraud. Right, right. And again, he still supports Trump to this day. You won't find a bigger person supporting Trump behind him. And I don't think Trump is going to be attacking Johnson anytime soon. Well, better him than giving it to the Democratic minority leader because the Republicans couldn't get their act together. It's true, it's true. And the last thing I was going to mention, too, is he's one of the seven other, or is it seven or eight Republican House leaders that voted against establishing that National Congressional Committee about January. 19th too. Was it eight or seven of them? He voted to establish no, to, the no, committee? No, oh, to, he, to, to not. not. Oh, yeah. good. He thinks it was a waste of time just like I did. Yeah. I don't want to waste my tax dollars. It was nothing on... but a circus. Yeah. And, 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 and it was not a real investigation. If it had been, they'd have investigated why Nancy Pelosi I, didn't use the police uh-huh. or take Trump up on calling out the National Guard that day. And honestly, I think we're at the count of number four for people that were arrested for this event out of how many people that were involved in this event. I mean, also, honestly, you're wasting here, You're not hearing time. this in the news. 
these anti-Israel riots, a lot of them broke into the Capitol building. I'm sure mm-hmm. there have been some arrests, but how much are you going to hear the media talk about that? Nice. And what kinds of prosecutions are we going to see compared to the January 6th people? Yeah, exactly. We're going to talk about climate change now. During the town hall in 2017, Johnson said that he believed that Earth's climate was changing, but questioned the scientific consensus that climate change is caused by humans. Under Johnson, the Republican Study Committee in 2019 called our favorite, favorite politician, AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Oh, she's an expert on everything. Yeah, exactly. He called her Green New Deal a greedy new steel. I love love that. (laughs) That's great. And he called that wind and solar the most inefficient energy sources we have and claimed that living near wind turbines actually could cause depression and cognitive dysfunction. I had to do some research on this, and it's done by a study in New York University. University, actually. They actually studied saying that the noises from the wind turbines actually happen to cause sleep paralysis, thus leading to depression and cognitive dysfunction oh. on top of that. So Plus, I, was, I love the way Trump used to mimic that. Honey, I'd like to watch the news tonight. Is the wind blowing? <laughs> <laughs> I can agree on this. Wind and solar are definitely inefficient power sources. I mean, we talked about that before with these electric vehicles. They're not going to generate enough power to charge these vehicles as it is based on how many people are going to buy electric vehicles by 20 Fred Flintstone starting his car with his feet in motion was more source of energy than that. Now, here's the issue I have. There's 331.9 million people that live here in the United States. And according to our recent census, there's only 1.4 million people that live in a five mile radius of these wind turbines, which we would be concerned for. So we're talking about a very small percentage. That's because big revelation, the people that say they want alternative energy don't really want it. They want a two cast system. They want us too poor to drive period. Right now, they're wanting to outlaw gasoline engines. They would eventually outlaw electric engines if they could. Not for them. <laughs> yeah, no. Only for us peasants. Right, exactly. But we, we can go back to the horse and buggy as far as they're concerned. But what my concern about this is, again, I know you want to look out for those kind of people. I mean, it's over a million people we're talking about here. But I'm still saying that's such a minority amount of people. And there's bigger issues ahead of our country than these wind turbines and people living near there. Yeah. So, Unlike our me. president saying that climate change is the most existential existential threat to our world right now. Here's one that I completely disagree on him. It's about covenant marriages. Do you know about these? Well, if it's anything like common law marriage, yes. If it means something different than common law marriage, then well, I'm it's not like sure. A, it's like a religious contract where you say you're never going to divorce, or if you are, you're going to have to go through a lot of therapy. Oh, I see. So I see. Yes. And he's a big advocator for it. He was the very first state to push that new kind of policy into the country. Well, that is supposed to be implied in the vow we make before God anyway. Right. How much the government needs to get involved with it, though, I think would be a complete Agree, agree. And I have to agree with the critics here. It just creates roadblocks for no fault divorces because it sounds like you just have to blame them. Oh, I'm divorcing him because he's abused me or something. Well, yeah, that's the thing. What is somebody going to make up some accusation now when in reality, maybe they're just tired of the person they met somebody new? Yeah, Yeah, I agree. I think if you're taking a vow before God, do it knowing you're going to answer before God on Judgment Day and then let the government just stay out of it. And then to do these mandatory classes that the state has, you're just harming the kids and the, the children that you might have within your marriage as well because you're dealing with a lot of screaming a lot of emotions and you're doing it probably in front of your kids probably or the kids are actually there to hear and you're taxing everybody else to death for these classes yes exactly so that's the number one thing i would say i disagree with him entirely on and i'm very happy that we actually agree on this too he also said something interesting about evolution in my opinion here in 2016, Johnson delivered a sermon that called the teaching of evolution one of the causes of mass 
shootings. People say, how can a young person go into their schoolhouse and open fire on their classmates? Because we've taught a whole generation, a couple of generations now of Americans, that there's no right or wrong. It's about survival of the fittest. And you evolve from the primordial slime. Why is that life any sacred value? Because nobody's sacred to whom it's owed, is what he said. I disagree entirely in terms of him saying that evolution is the main cause of mass shootings. Well, I, it just really depends on what kind of evolution somebody believes in there are or what they're teaching in school yeah there are theistic evolutionists who believe god started the evolutionary process however if there is no god and life evolved randomly then it is true that there's no right or wrong and we don't really have the moral compass to tell somebody that you shouldn't do this you shouldn't do that i think that's where he was trying to come from but just to be fair to people who believe in evolution there are different kinds of beliefs in evolution so i want to be a little balanced with that that's why it's called a theory of evolution because it's just a theory. It is it's a theory. Still, and again, are you talking about you talking about microevolution, which yes. we've observed, or are you talking about macroevolution, which we haven't observed? Exactly. Are you talking about theistic evolution? Are you talking about randomness and chance? So it really depends on what kind. To just use the word evolution and throw it all into one bag, that's probably not fair. Right. So again, it's a law of gravity, not a theory of gravity. It's not a law of evolution. It's a theory of evolution. It sounds what like what he was trying to say was that moral relativism is the cause for our problems, but he's backing up and relating moral relativism to a byproduct of evolution. And it might have been better and clearer if he had just stated it that way. Truly, I think it's mental health. That's the number one cause. And then number two would be our media, actually, to be honest. Well, and, again, we glorify and evil. It too much. And sometimes oh, people are yes. just, you don't have to be mentally ill to be evil. People right. are just evil. And this right. is something the Bible teaches very clearly. Mm-hmm. So next up, he also talked about abortion and this statement I don't agree with for abortion. In 2015, Johnson blamed abortions and the breakup of nuclear family for the reasoning for school shootings. And again, this relates to my whole mass shooting situation. He said, when you tell a generation of people that life has no value, no meaning, it's a expendable, then you wind up with school shooters, is what he says. I don't know how that relates. Well, we are a culture that is devaluing life more and more, and abortion is an example of that. Again, to make it sound like it all emanates from that, that might be a little bit of a stretch. I will agree with him about the breakup of nuclear families, for sure. I mean, nuclear families, as it is, is very toxic environment, and to break it up even more just causes a big explosion. Well, I would say abortion and infanticide and euthanasia, there's a whole litany of examples of how we're devaluing life. Mm -hmm. So here's another part where he actually started to step back on his statements going over about Ukraine and the war there. Johnson has supported ending American military aid to Ukraine in its war with Russia. However, as soon as he was elected the Speaker of the House, he said that he was open to talks regarding Biden's request for additional funds to help the Ukrainian counteroffensive against Russia. Wait, wait, maybe I misheard you the first. Are you saying that originally he was not in favor of the war, but now he's now, now he's and now he wants to talk about to it. talk about. But I, before I get, I get he was talk. saying that maybe we don't have any business. Over exactly. There. Okay. Yes. Exactly. Okay. Again, I can see both ways. I think. Well, but now the when, word did, is, when did he change his position before they voted him in as Speaker of the House? Or, yes. Or, exactly. Okay. Yeah. See, I don't care for the backpedaling. I kind of lean with Mike Friedenberg that maybe we shouldn't be getting involved over there. But he could have a different opinion, and I could respect that. What I don't respect is somebody going back and trying to explain to us what they really said right. when we all heard what they said. 
said. Exactly. And moving on here, another one I don't agree with entirely, his stance on medical marijuana. In 2016, Johnson opposed the expansion of medical marijuana in Louisiana. He argued that medical marijuana can actually worsen some conditions, specifically epilepsy he wanted to focus on. And he was quoting the American Epilepsy Society's studies. It can cause severe dystonic reactions and other movement disorders, developmental regression, intractable vomiting, and worsening seizures in children with epilepsy. Now, why I disagree with that is because then there was, I just looked it up, there was a study done by Syracuse University who did a study on medical marijuana and its effects on epilepsy. And they actually shown that it's actually the opposite results. They actually are helping kids with epilepsy themselves. So I'm kind of mixed on this situation. There's one study that says this, and there's another study that shows a different result. So I'm in favor of actually trying to produce medical marijuana because we are in a society where it's very hard to get any other medical solutions to certain issues. And epilepsy is a huge issue in our country right now. Well, so. and then other things too. Medicinal marijuana has been used to just remove pain and yes. things people... I'm not enough of a doctor to comment on the effects of it. Morally speaking, while I have a serious problem with recreational marijuana, mm-hmm. I do not have a problem with medicinal marijuana. I don't either. Yeah. There was a story I remember uh, while I was visiting some family in North Dakota, because North Dakota does not allow medical marijuana, and this family lives up in Minot, North Dakota. They have to travel two or three hours to get to Minnesota where it is legal there in order to get it to their doctors and use it. And they can't use it in North Dakota either because it's obviously illegal. So they have to secretly do it in closed doors or hope that the cops don't happen to show up and arrest them for using that illegally. So it's a very scary situation for them and they can't move because the dad has a very high paying job in North Dakota in the oil industry over there. So it's a very hard situation for that family for sure. Next up, prayers in public schools. Now personally, I'm all for prayers in public schools. I think. As personally. long as it's not forced on them. If exactly. somebody's family doesn't believe in praying, that's fine. Yeah. So he, on April 2018, Johnson joined Republican State Attorney General Jeff Laundry and, oh, my favorite Christian evangelist, Kirk Cameron. Ugh, can't stand that guy. But that's just me. As a person or just as an actor? Uh, both. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. <laughs> What's your problem with Kirk? I think his views on my religion are completely uh, Oh, he's saying things me. about Catholicism that yeah, you don't? Oh, exactly. I understand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he argued under the First Amendment for student-led prayer and religious expressions in public schools. At that time, there was a state court case that was going through at the time, not allowing prayers in schools. And so they were protesting in the matter of that. One of the things that kind of concerned me was that Smith and the board were accused of permitting teachers to incorporate various aspects of Christianity inside their class presentations. The only reason why this concerns me is because I feel as if we should give equal time for other religions in there. So for example, I understand I don't like the Muslim religion itself, but I do think that they should be allowed to pray in their certain fashion at schools personally. That's just my opinion of the matter on that. But again, prayer in school in general, I'm just so for it, obviously. I grew up doing that in my school. They gave us a moment of silence. I would be able to pray to God and thank him for this wonderful life he gave me every single day, even at that young age of six years well, old and or seven. even in California schools, it's been, it's one of the best kept secrets, but part of the curriculum is to teach about Christianity because it's part of our American history. I agree. Yeah. And and so if you're teaching it historically, I agree it's not the place of the teacher to convert. But even then, if somebody talked to a teacher afterwards or during recess and Mm -hmm. they were discussing a problem with the school counselor and the counselor said, well, let's just pray about it. That shouldn't be a problem. It's only a problem when people are forced to do something religious that they don't agree with. It reminds me of God's Not Dead, too. I can't believe I'm referencing that movie. (laughs) Another one of your favorites. I know. Yeah. But what the teacher was doing in that movie was just referencing the Bible to relate back to the Indian peaceful guy. 
what was the name of the peaceful? Oh, uh, Mahatma Gandhi. You Mahatma, mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gandhi. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they were relating Gandhi to the Bible and Jesus, and she was just referencing one Bible verse, and that was it. And the whole movie was a big stick. Oh, she said Jesus in the school. I was like, I could clearly tell as an audience member that she was just using it as a whatever. Anyways, the last thing I'm going to mention about Mike Johnson is he says that the number one priority always in his politics is Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and the interest on the debt. And well, that sounds like a bony stern to the Democrats. Right? I know. No, right? <laughs> uh, so this is just me personally. Dodson. Number one priority. That's, is his, that's his number one priority always when it, well, comes, I to do poli- agree. When it comes to politics. As somebody you. who's paid into Social Security all these years, I do agree that those who've paid into it are entitled to get something back. But whether we should have ever had it in the first place is another whole story. Right. Exactly. And again, because maybe blame it on my young age, possibly of 27 years old, about to be 28 next month here or in a few weeks, actually. Blame it on my young You're age. You're assuming you're never going to see any of that exactly yourself. yeah, yeah of course all well, you, i can't blame all you, for you that. baby boomers out there taking <laughs> no in all honesty it's not my personal number one priority and i don't think it's going to be anyone else's number one priority when it comes to this upcoming you know election. at the turn of the 20th century we didn't have social security or income tax it was right. assumed that the church would just take care of people's needs in old age yeah or when they lose their job and they did Nice. They did. Yeah. So it's quite interesting how now government's trying to step in on all right. the whole situation. Right. So Okay, so overall, Mike Johnson, I think, is a great pick for Speaker of the House. All in all, sure. you like him. You have a few yes. concerns. And it sounds like your concerns are pretty valid. Now, yes. you've investigated him more than I have. I yes. have not known much about him up to well, now. Well, I do have to look into that Freedom Caucus thing. I have, yeah, I, I had heard that on the news just the other night. And I like the Freedom Caucus, but I'm not going to be down on him if he has some reason for not being part of the Freedom Caucus either. It's probably something personal, I'm assuming. Well, sometimes or... it's a procedural thing. If he stands for the same issues they stand for, whether he's a member of them or not, that would be my main concern. You know, one of the things we talked about last time is getting a third party and then switching it while in office. Right. Oh, Mike Johnson would be perfect for this situation because those rhinos would be like scared to their boots if he was a third party member all of a sudden in this really conservative group and he was going to be showing off Of course, they could call a vote to get rid of him if he did that right away. I doubt that he would get... I mean, he already got voted in. I don't think they would do it just like that. I think he's got some time inside a Speaker of the Office role. But again, good job. Well, I want to say good job to Matt Gates. I think there was bigger issues ahead, but he got what he wanted. He got... Mike Johnson in as Speaker of the House, and I guess that is mission accomplished for him. So now it's time for the House to actually step up and say, okay, so what policies should we follow through it's on? It's time this? for Republicans in general to yes. do the cotton picking things they promised to do while they're running for office. Exactly. So we'll have to wait and see. But until then, Bob, thank you for this wonderful time tonight. It was a lot of fun talking about Brandon. Mike Johnson it is night. always a pleasure having you. You always bring up great stuff. Thank we'll you. see the rest of you next time. Bob Siegel Show podcast is a production of Bob Siegel and Cross Global Media. Visit us online and subscribe to the show at cgmradio.com slash bob.